1: and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling.
2: Because the truth is that we all struggle. It's also true that God is with us in our struggles and that with him, struggle produces fruit that cannot be obtained any other way. For example, struggle strengthens and tests our faith. When we bring our struggles to God, he is with us. We feel his presence in our darkest hours. Struggle shapes our character as nothing else can. And when we move through struggle with Jesus by our side, strengthened by previous experience, we're prepared for the next struggle and the struggle after that. Finally, as people see us fight the good fight with faith and grace, our struggles inform them about the love of our Lord and Savior and His love for us, and they can be encouraged in their own struggles. So, in many ways, our struggle is much bigger than each of us and when we lay it at the foot of the cross, giving it all to Jesus, it strengthens each of us and, in fact, the entire community of believers. And today we're going to talk about this with Brian Rungi, pastor and director of ministry relations for KKHT. And if you remember right, Brian told his amazing story of faith last year in our Courageous Christians series And he's back to talk with us about Courageous Struggle. Pastor Brian, welcome.
1: It is good to be with you and Christy again, and looking forward to this hour.
2: I'm still laughing about from the last uh, show when you were telling the story about meeting with, uh, I think it was Mr. Kennedy. And Mm -hmm. he said to you as a little boy, I think you were in eighth grade, and he said, Are you going to go to heaven right now if it happened at this moment? And your right. little answer to him was, well, I'm no worse than anyone else. <laughs> and yeah,
1: I can never live that one down. I, I will never
3: forget that one,
2: <laughs> Richard. I love it. And friends, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow.
3: Hello, everyone. And hi, Pastor Brian. So glad you're here with us.
1: Yeah, I like that wedded wingman. That's, that's I good. I love that.
3: <laughs> that's a gift <laughs> I do, <God>. too.
2: <laughs> and before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Brian, would you please pray for us?
1: Gladly. Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you for today, the day you've given each one of us, And Heavenly Father, I also thank you for struggle and the gift of struggle that oftentimes we don't see as a gift. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts and that when we come to those times that we would maybe run away from, that you would help us to embrace them and see you at work in our our lives. Because as Richard said, there are things that can only be birthed in our lives through struggle. And help us to see you at work in that. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Pastor Brian, in our series on struggle, Christy and I began by talking about the mechanics of struggling well and the transformative impact that struggle can have in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then David Savage, uh, you know, he's an author and the host of the radio show Wrestling with the Inner Man joined us to talk about uh, internal struggle. And last week, Pastor Ron Bates of the Light Church in Willis, Texas, gave us his perspective on struggle as a pastor of a large church who sees so much. And those shows are available at KKHC.com, at CourageousChristianity.today, and on your favorite podcast app. And I think we can all agree that we are all engaged in various forms of struggle. None of us is without struggle. And I think we agree also that God uses struggle to mature and refine us as individuals, and as members of the community of believers. With all of that said, what are your thoughts?
1: With all of that, I, I would say this. Um, we all do struggle, and I think the challenge we all have is learning to embrace it. Um, and and in, sometimes in the Christian community, I think that we want to have victory without struggle, and that's part of our problem.
2: Mm. Well, wow, that is something uh say more about that, please. Victory without struggle
1: well um i guess- guess what I mean is you know we have been blessed in America to have such a great life. uh my pastor the other day in a sermon said this you know if you if you were um if you were able to be born in america you you won the lottery, and you know when we look around the world at what's going on in so much of the world struggle for them so much is is a daily thing, but we've been blessed so incredibly that we've had just a great life in the United States until maybe the last couple of years for many of us. But we need to realize that, you know, the true victories that God wants to give us spiritually really aren't going to come without struggle because we've lived in such ease in our country. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's kind of what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, I've heard said before that if we have uh, just a little bit of loose change in our pockets, we're richer mm-hmm. than, uh, I mean, an, an amazing percentage of people around the world.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, that's right, and and I can't help but think now, as you know, in the last couple of years, that God is trying to wake us up to the spiritual reality that we face through struggle, and even though many of us are struggling to embrace that, that in the long run, it's a good thing for us to go through this, um, even if we don't want to. And I think that's the reality of struggle in my life and the lives of people that I've ministered to over the years. What is that reality? The reality is that we don't want to struggle. Um, but when we do struggle, uh, I think you mentioned something. We God ends up birthing things in us that would never have happened without it. But you have to go through that point where you embrace the pain that you're running away from, and as you embrace it, then it's amazing what God can do as you submit to that.
2: Yeah, we said last week, or perhaps the week before, that uh, quote: uh, the quote of the day was, The obstacle is the path, the obstacle is the way. And yeah. you have to embrace that in order to move through and have victory. And the irony is, can you have victory without struggle? Because to me, that wouldn't be victory. That would just be uh, standard operating procedure. That would just be like any other day. So how Correct. Can, Yeah. what are your thoughts on that? How can we have victory without struggle?
1: We can't. We can't. And I've learned that. You know, in very painful processes in my own life, and um, as if you don't have that, you won't grow. Um, you'll stay where you were, but God wants you to move on to a different level of faith. And sometimes, well, just like you said, it takes it takes struggle.
2: Yeah, faith and awareness—a word that kept coming up in a recent show, maybe the show with David Savage—is awareness. Uh, it's, yeah. it's that increasing level of awareness and seeking God in that awareness and him being the context of everything. And, uh, it's just amazing to me as a marina, I have a different view on struggle because, you know, it's bred into us not to be afraid of struggle, not to turn away from it, but to lean right. into it, uh, for its transformational aspects. And, it's, um,
3: it's interesting. I hear two different things though. <clears throat> um victory without struggle that's what we want because I think our first and foremost people worldwide we're humans first, and so mm-hmm. uh that's kind of that human fleshly nature, but it also makes a difference of where you where you grow up um the environment you're in, so your surroundings
2: yeah uh I think in America, what you said up front uh pastor Brian is very uh telling i like that quote which says you move backward into comfort or forward into growth and in this country we are so consumed with comfort that we have labeled anything hard as the enemy but Mm -hmm. in fact comfort is the enemy and moving forward into painful growth is your friend and uh, i read a book um once uh The title is something to the effect of you have to have an enemy. And it made such a brilliant claim where uh, on the road to Jerusalem, Peter's telling Jesus not to go. And Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. So here he calls Peter Satan. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, when, well, I just forgot his name. How could that be? Who betrays him? Judas. Oh, thank you. When Judas (laughs) leads the soldiers to get him, I'm, I'm, that's, I got issues. Anyway, (laughs) when Judas leads the soldiers to get him, Jesus calls him friend.
0: Mm, And
2: so, by Jesus' definition, whatever helped to accomplish his father's business was a friend. And whatever deterred him, obstructed him, or distracted him from his father's business was an enemy. And so imagine if we looked at that, where we said, in the context of faith, looking at everything through the lens of our faith, not because it's easy, but because that's what we're called to do as Christians, we label these struggles which bring us closer to God as friend, yeah, and the comfort, the, the sofa, the refrigerator full of food as enemy. Yeah, What do you think about that?
1: I think that makes total sense. And while you're talking, uh, when I was in the pastoral ministry before my radio years, I, I can share with you that the greatest struggle I had, yes, I had to minister to people in the hospital. That didn't really bother me. You know, we had to care for people while they were dying. That didn't really bother me a lot. The one thing I could not stand doing was going to nursing homes to lead worship services. And I, you know, I had a dear lady who had worked with me on that. And she, um, later on, I ended up doing her funeral. But she said, before she passed away, she said, I know you hated Nursing Home Ministry. But what happened to me, Richard, through ministering to people who are. Well, could in I interrupt care, you
2: right there? Uh, sorry, please save that. Friends, we're heading into a break. And Pastor Brian is going to be back with us in the second segment, and we're going to hear the story of his struggle in moving from one ministry to the next as he strived to accomplish his father's business. Please stay with us.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show, And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
2: Friends, welcome back. We are talking about struggle as part of our series on struggle. And with us today is Pastor Brian Rungi, who was just in process of telling us at the end of the last segment about how his change in the focus of his ministry was a, a struggle, but it ultimately led him closer to the place where he is planted and blooming and doing his father's business. Pastor Brian, please continue.
1: Yeah, the, the struggle for me was going and helping at nursing homes, which I just did not like. I'd done a lot of other things. Um, I would have to rotate around three or four um, nursing homes, you know, speaking to people, I don't really know why I didn't like it, maybe it was because the people didn't weren't responsive, and they you know drooled they were in it was just you know a very unattractive place. but what God taught me through that he kind of broke my heart after i would say a month, two, three um and then a couple of years, and a dear older woman who was in charge of it and would schedule me, and I would go in and do it. You know, she just was real frank one time and said, I I could tell you hate this ministry, but there came a point where your heart cracked and opened. And after that, that became one of the most valued times of my week. But, you know, people, not just in nursing homes, but in general, we're messy. And, you know, I think we sometimes have to get over, I had to get over myself. I, I, I still today, Richard can't tell you what I had to get over in my own attitude. but I finally had to come to this kind of giving up and breaking point. And I'll have a, a story later that was interesting because about that same time in my life there was a connection when I who I've struggled with allergies for about 40 years, and I was preaching one night at a Linton worship service. And I felt so bad that after that worship service, physically, that I greeted everybody. And to this day, I cannot tell you how I got home. I know how I got home. I drove home. But I felt so bad in that particular physical struggle. I probably done nursing home ministry on a Wednesday, then preached in the nighttime, and then and then literally went through a physical collapse that lasted for about six months. And I did not know that was coming. And But what I realized as I was um, at home recovering, trying to figure out what had happened to my body, and then got feeling better again. God was birthing something new through the health struggle. So it had been nursing home ministry struggle, then my own struggle began with health, and I began to ask God, what are you trying to do? Well, when the fog cleared, I started to realize he wanted me to do something different. And uh, interestingly enough, after I got well, um, the gal I'm talking about passed away. And, um, but before she passed away, she learned of my health problem. And I was getting cards at home as a pastor you know, people saying we're praying for you, we're wishing you well. And she dropped me a check. And I wept when I she'd watched me go through the nursing home struggle and she literally wrote me a check for five thousand dollars to help with my personal struggle. Wow. And and Richard, I I literally almost fell off my chair. And that's when, you know, we went through the time where she said, I watched you struggle learning to like nursing home ministry. Then I watched you personally struggle, and I wanted to step in and really help you. And I I just, I couldn't believe it. And
2: So amazing what we can be to each other in our struggles when we're honest as individuals about our struggles.
3: So if you're
2: pretending you don't have a struggle, then who can help you? But when you're honest about it, and if we're all seeking God, then amazing how we can come together in that.
1: Yeah. And what happened to me at that time after that was even more amazing, uh, because I I, I I listened to a radio station that might sound familiar to you. It was called 100.7 FM KKHT.
3: <laughs> I well, love I that recovered. station. Yeah, I do too. There's some really yeah, cool yeah. shows on that station. Yeah, especially <laughs> Saturdays at noon. And one.
1: And while I was listening to it, I thought, there's nobody from my church. happened to be a conservative Lutheran. And so at that point, born out of the struggle, I called a few pastors and said, why are we not broadcasting our messages? Well, found out another friend of mine had managed a Lutheran radio station in St. Louis. So I went to some of my members just with, with a half-cocked idea that we could do broadcasting and a dear friend from church who had taken me to lunch many times he said well you've talked to me about broadcasting what do you need and i said what do you mean what do i need so i didn't know i needed anything he said well you're going to need money and i said well i've been thinking maybe if i could find about 10 people that each had ten thousand dollars apiece that would get us going he said i'll have my wife drop you off a check tomorrow and i'm like Oh, it was kind of like, well, I didn't even What do meet. He so I'll drop you off a check for 10000 tomorrow. And after meeting with a few people, we had enough money to birth the radio program. But, Richard, what I realized then is God had been speaking to me privately about changing directions in my life and ministry. And guess who was not listening? It was me.
2: Uh, I wanted that, to guess. I yeah, wanted to guess because I think I knew so, that.
1: <laughs> so, so I think what I learned in that, that I that I tried to keep front and center of my life, is that God has an awful lot of resources to use if he wants to move you through struggle. You, so you can amazing. Can I, anyway? well,
2: sorry, but, I just wanted to—okay, uh, y'all might laugh at me, but uh, Christy and I were watching that Movie last night, uh, American underdog about Kurt Warner and if you remember uh-huh. Kurt Warner was a uh quarterback for the Rams and they won the super Bowl right. and so it's it 's a totally amazing movie, and I hope everybody will watch it because it 's all about faith and it 's about the struggle so He uh, has an opportunity to go play arena football after he doesn't make it in a tryout with the Green Bay Packers. And he's too cool for arena football because he wants to be an NFL quarterback. And he is uh, in a relationship with a single mom who has little kids and they are driving to their new house and it's snowing and he runs out of gas. And now they're on the side of the road and... uh, he has to leave them in the car while he runs a couple miles to a gas station, borrows a gas can, uses his last couple pennies to fill it up with gas, comes back, and his family is nearly frozen to death, and he puts gas in the car, and he says to them, I will never let that happen to you again. And because of that thing that happened, he um, takes the arena football job. Mm -hmm. So the arena football job teaches him how to go through his reads quicker and how to release quicker. And it's also what gets him seen and gets him a chance with the Rams. And then it just turns out that coach Dick Vermeil, who was the coach of the Rams at the time, had also been an old guy who didn't uh, make it initially in his first time around after he had uh, a burnout uh, with coaching. And then together, God paints this amazing Canvas tells this incredible story. He just authors this amazing thing that leads to the Rams winning the Super Bowl. And in yeah. my mind, it goes back to running out of gas on the side of the road. And mm-hmm. here he's in the struggle, and he could have said God hates me. He could have said this is the world's fault. He could have said this is all horrible and but he didn't. And he just turned around and he he looked at the problem and he called himself to account, and he found the good in it. And through that, mm-hmm. God writes this amazing story. And so when I think about you here at KKHT and how kind you've been to our ministry and supportive of so many other ministries in radio, each of which speaks to different hearts in different places, mm-hmm. and it it came from that struggle that you had as a pastor who must have felt very torn in that feeling that I don't really want to be in this uh, old folks' home. I want to be somewhere else.
1: Right. And it, without, you know, and I guess what I've learned, Richard, is that God is very persuasive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, he has
1: an infinite bag of materials. And if you don't submit, he's going to make you submit. <laughs>
3: And, and you know,
1: so my prayer since then has been, okay, God, help me to not be Brian all the time and help me to do it your way uh, instead of my way, because your way is always better. And help me to be attuned to that, but it involves submitting our will to His on a daily basis, really. Daily.
2: Uh, that reminds me of a song I was listening to yesterday in the car. I'm going to save y'all the singing. I won't actually sing it, but the chorus is a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Yeah. Right. And uh, these tiny little bites, these tiny little progressions. And if you fall backwards, it's okay, folks. Uh, Let's say the struggle is of your own making, which sometimes it is. And okay. We'll be honest about it and uh, stand in the glare of that truth and then see what uh, you can turn to and God will make something of it.
3: One of the keys I heard in, in what you guys were talking about, and especially Pastor Brian, um, you said you had to listen. So you can ask the mm-hmm. question, ask God what he wants you to do, but one of the things that we must do is listen. And so I'm guessing in your story somewhere in there, even though maybe you didn't know it, you were listening. You are watching, but I think we miss out on that. We we get so busy.
2: Well, I have a scripture here, Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and I'll read you the first part and then tell you why. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. So what is he doing? He's doing a lot of things. He's equipping his people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. Why? For unity and knowledge so that we can be mature, attaining to the fullness of Christ, And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by circumstances. Friends, stay with us. We'll talk about that in the third segment.
3: They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
2: Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word.
0: What a friend we have in Jesus.
2: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity and we're talking with Pastor Brian Rungi as part of our conversation about struggle. And Pastor Brian was one of our courageous Christians last year in that uh, fun series, and he told us all about uh how his faith grew and how he ended up in ministry. And he told us in the first two segments uh, about how his focus on ministry changed and how God made him uncomfortable where he was to get him somewhere new. And it's easy for us to look at uh, God making us uncomfortable somewhere, and and then we have faith in the fact that he's moving us and doing something with us. But what I wanted to get to a little bit is to say that we can have these high-level concepts, and we can understand this big stuff, but eventually it comes down to today. What am I going to do today? And we said in a show a couple uh, weeks ago— Do the next right thing. So when everything is confusing and it's moving fast and we have the saying in the Marine Corps, alligators closest to the boat, Uh, address the alligator that's closest to the boat. Well, maybe there's a bunch of alligators. Well, just do the next right thing. And so our lives are lived one day at a time. Uh, In Afghanistan, I had to focus on the enemy in front of me today, not uh, the enemy tomorrow. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34 remind us, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. So I really want to get to this place where it's about putting one foot in front of the other with your eyes fixed on Jesus, attached to him, not to the outcome, attached to what he says is right, and then doing that next right thing. So, Pastor Brian, this is hard because in our audience, I'm sure there are people engaged in very serious struggles, and it's it's easy to get carried away. And so to that person as we talk about how one struggles well from one day to the next, what would you say?
1: What I would say is the next thing always is seeking God, seeking first His kingdom. And I, I don't know if you remember the last time I was on with you, that came back to me for personal worship, which really means that we need, I would say, each one of us to stop Start the day and live in the moment with God, which involves, for me, scripture, prayer, speaking to God about what's happening now. I I think you hit it. It's very much like a battle. Ultimately, we have to see that God has a plan for possibly even the very frustration we're having at the moment. We have to stop, maybe take a deep breath, realize we need to seek Him.
2: Yeah, um, today, uh, Christy and I walked out to the car and this car is almost 10 years old and the windshield is cracked and the driver's door lock doesn't work right and uh, it doesn't bother me because I always open Christy's door and she gets in and then I close her door and I see this giant door ding and I'm like, wow, who, who can hit a car that hard to put a ding like that in the car? And I'm starting to get annoyed and thinking about, you know, that's why we can't have nice things in this family and all that kind of stuff. And then I go get in the car and I was talking to Christy about how it's it's about the attachment and detachment. And we've talked about this several times. And Christy taught me about this when she said uh, Jesus was so attached to his father's business that he was detached from all of these other things. So on a daily basis... Uh, We have to be careful about what we attach ourselves to. If I attached myself to the world and that car, well, then I'd be pretty mad because when I got in, sat down, put my seatbelt on and started it, well, then uh, the hugest cloud of smoke came out of the exhaust. And I'm like, oh, for the love. Now what?
3: I like (laughs) that you said cloud because I was going back and remembering what Pastor Brian said is he was in a fog. And so oftentimes little things can put us into a struggle. So there's little struggles, there's big struggles. But oftentimes it's that moment that we are in a fog and we can't see our way forward. But if we know that there is this list, that that we know that there are these steps to do the next right thing, seek Jesus, seek his word, then that can very clearly part the clouds.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so could I read you this scripture and then I would like to uh, look at this list that we're making here of struggling well. So... Um you know there was uh I guess one important thing is we're not attaching ourselves to the outcome we're not attaching ourselves to winning or losing that's God's stuff we're attaching mm-hmm. ourselves to fighting the good fight and 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And there's just so much in this, folks. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Firstly, he says that it's a fight, so why would we expect it to be easy? Second, he says it's about the eternal and not just today. And then he says it's about your faith in Jesus, uh, and you made that confession in front of a whole Cloud of witnesses, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says. And then those witnesses are watching, and they will be affected by what you do. So it's much bigger than you, and it's so important. And then also, when we detach ourselves from the wrong thing and attach ourselves to God, then some of that stuff that would normally upset us doesn't even matter. So my car's got another door ding. Well, it's also got a cracked windshield, and the driver's door doesn't work, and apparently now it's puffing smoke. But guess what? We're here. (laughs) and god loves us and uh worry about that another day so how do we struggle well uh we have our list there that we're growing um and would you agree number 1 uh do it one day at a time struggle one day at a time put one foot in front of the other
1: i would totally agree with that and i would say that sometimes that's an hour at a time <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a very interesting point, because the harder things get, the smaller you got to take it.
3: I would say it might be even a moment at a time, a minute, a second.
2: <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. And so yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe all I have right now is uh, to just say, uh, Jesus, have mercy, or Jesus, uh, please help me. Um, yeah,
1: I, I agree with that.
2: Number two. It's not about the outcome. It's about a good fight. So we don't have to worry about the outcomes because God says Christians will not be put to shame. So we can just focus on the process of our faith in that very small moment where we're seeking the next right thing. How do you uh, feel about that?
1: I think you're, you're right on target. Okay. And, and, and to add to that, I would say that as many of us today struggle living in a technological world, where you're dealing with stuff that you never dealt with before on a phone, you know, communicating with others, or using resources like Zoom. Um, There's now a technological aspect to much of my life or others that can be maddening on an hour-by-hour basis.
3: Did you you see me struggling with our printer this morning, (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Brian? (laughs) No. I did not throw it on the ground. (laughs) That was a good good. thing.
2: Um, Okay, so here's the next one. We have to think about the eternal and not the momentary because Christy could not throw the printer on the ground and then say she was acting like a Christian because that would have not been acting like a Christian. So we've really got to think the big picture as we figure out the next right step, right?
3: Well, and actually we were talking about this situation as I kind of just went into a patient mode Dealing with one paper jam over another and then and then it giving me some other error thing, and it's like knowing that we need to get on the road to the station, all of that and as we talked about it, if you know envision that being in an environment around with people an office environment, and you know if I'm sitting there kicking the the printer uh, the copier, and I'm calling myself a Christian, you know am and saying maybe some expletives. <laughs> Am I yeah. really showing up? Am I really showing up as that light of Christ? And so yeah. that right. that even that is a struggle. Even in that is an opportunity. And that
2: goes to the witnesses. There are people yes. watching. Yeah. It's big, bigger than us. Okay.
1: Yeah, it, Sorry. Okay. Go on with your next thing.
2: Okay. Uh, seek guidance in scripture. I was thinking about this recently. Um, I was thinking about uh, a lot of these patriots and a lot of these. Uh, former military people who are talking to me about some of these crazy thoughts that they have and about doing all these crazy things. And I say to them, you doing what you think is right is no different than some of these crazy progressives, socialists, communists, etc., doing what they think is right. The, the, The place we have to do is we have to bring ourselves to what God thinks is right and then do that. What do you think?
1: Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Um, There are days, okay, that I sit down and what I'm doing is in the process of Scripture, uh, singing. For me, music is so important in this, too. Um, Sometimes even just singing myself by myself as a part of worship. And there are days, and maybe you've been there, Christy or Richard, where where I look at what I actually accomplished today— and that was the thing, the, the scripture, the worship,
3: the centering,
1: and everything else was almost complete
3: frustration. Amen. Well, okay. and if that, if that is your day, then that's fantastic.
2: That's a good day. Okay, so we are to number four on the list. Uh, we're going to say that's Seek Guidance in Scripture. And when we come back with Pastor Brian Runge in the final segment, we're going to have the rest of the list. Stay with
0: us
3: questions might need to be answered, but I'm good for
2: now. I'm fine. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Pastor Brian Rungi. And at the end of the last segment, we were talking about how do we struggle well, and we are working on a list, all of us here. Number one was we struggle one day at a time, one alligator at a time, and then Christy said sometimes it's an hour at a time. And number two, it's not about the outcome. It's about a good fight where we put one foot in front of the other and glorify Jesus with our behavior. Uh, Number three is that we think about the eternal perspective and not just the momentary. So it's not about the fact that the printer is broken or the fact that the car has another door ding and a cracked windshield. What's the big picture here? Uh, And then, as we say, what's the big picture here? We seek guidance in Scripture. And I don't know if it's bad to say, but you can Google just about any question uh, with regard to Scripture. So you could say, what does Scripture say about possessions? And it will probably take you to a verse when Jesus says, do not put your stock in things that rust or can be eaten by moths.
3: That's a good use of Google.
2: That's a good use of Google. Mm -hmm. So Google Google is good for one thing. Uh, And then, uh, so number five, Pastor Brian, uh, you alluded to it, and it has to come very early on, and that is to pray as we ask God to intercede, as we slow ourselves down, as we put some distance between whatever the provocation is, whether something somebody said or something that has happened or the car is uh, belching smoke, And we put some distance between us and that provocation, and we take a few moments to pray as we seek to better understand what is eternal and what is our Father's business. So you said uh, you sometimes pray how, Pastor Brian?
1: Uh, Sometimes I pray moment by moment, and basically what I'm doing is, it was described by you at least a couple of times that we've spoken, by stopping, you know, stop to breathe, and then you go ahead, you know, I will sometimes sing, sometimes use scripture, and then sometimes there's no other resource, it's just me and God and me praying, speaking to Him.
2: Yeah, in just a very real way, huh? Like, uh, Lord, what should I do? I feel really angry that man is tailgating me. I'm going to change lanes, and I'm going to slow down, or uh, help me understand what is right to do here,
3: well, there, I want to drive home the point speaking of driving <laughs> is is to stop though and then listen, so sometimes we may ask yeah. and then we may ourselves go, well that 's my idea, but listen, and that Pastor Brian brought that about that 's a key point, I think
2: yeah, that's a great point, and it happens to me a lot where when I ask God a question, he's speaking. Uh, before I'm even finished with the question and I'm wondering how he knows the question but of course he's got okay number six this occurred to us on the way uh, into the radio station friends we have to set ourselves up for success so for example for set yourself up for financial success well live well within your means set yourself up for success uh, in driving and not getting mad at other drivers well leave early So that you don't have to be rushed. Set yourself up for success in being able to go through this process of struggle, which you'll encounter each day. How? By not doing so much, by not being so busy that you can't just slow down and take a moment. Uh, Who is it that said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm. So I think there are lots of things. that's good. Yeah, I think there are lots of things that we can do to set ourselves up for success and critical to that is this one statement that's going to be hard for a lot of us to hear. you got to get over yourself. Pastor Brian yeah. said that. Just, friends, we got to get over ourselves. Um, uh, the devil uses so much against us, but the less of ourselves we are, the less we are in the ego, the less we are in the flesh, the less we are in the need to be seen, the less we are in the need to be right, the easier everything else becomes, the easier it is to be a little more like Jesus. You said you little, weren't going to sing. Um, see that? <laughs> wow. And that was my wife.
0: Okay.
1: And, and to add to that, Richard, we have to get over ourselves more than once. Mm.
3: You, you know, about I, I, think some
1: t- I, I think sometimes we think I got over myself. Uh, no, you ha- you know, that's why I guess we have spouses and, that's why it's important to live yeah. in a community where somebody else can point out lovingly that they know you well enough to say, get over yourself again.
2: And stop singing.
3: Well, I actually love to hear him sing. And okay. It's super well, sweet. Well, never going to hear it again, so I hope you've enjoyed it. you said you were.
2: Okay, well, that's all I have to say about that. You know,
3: I want to say, though, too, when you say get over yourself more than once, but one of the things I heard you say, Pastor Brian, was that you had to be broken first. So maybe if we are hearing this, that awareness can keep us getting to that breaking point. So realizing I need to humble myself before God, before he has to break me. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I, I think that's right. And that's, you know, what you learn and begin to say, okay, you can begin to see the telltale signals of yourself and say, okay, I need to switch ahead of time instead of doing it the hard and always breaking way.
3: Yeah, and you know, I heard one other thing that I want to add to the list. Uh, Pastor Brian said this: embrace the struggle.
2: Embrace the struggle. Okay, I wrote a couple things down that Pastor Brian said that were so great. He said in the first segment, we all do struggle, and sometimes we seek victory without struggle. He said, mm-hmm. in struggle, God is trying to wake us up. He also said, what God taught me through that. And I thought that was great because the struggle is how you learned it. And then you said, Pastor Brian, people are messy. Yep. And we sure are. And you said, God is persuasive. And I guess if you're not listening, he'll get more and more persuasive. And you said, seek God first. He is always the next right thing. So, Uh, In just a couple seconds, what could you say uh, to wrap up, Pastor Brian, that you think our listeners should hear?
1: I think what I would say is the struggle never goes away. So once you've embraced it, realize that that is the process of living in a broken, sinful world. God will walk you and me through our various struggles— And then also, don't be afraid to reach out and don't suffer in silence. In other words, reach out to people um, that God has placed in your sphere who just might be the answer to the struggle when you get out of the way yourself, and let them know that you're—because you're not alone. God has put us here to live in community with others.
2: Amen. Amen. Friends, that is the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth, because as you know, in every show we have a moment of truth which informs our discussion. We look at Scripture to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Psalm 27, verse 1, and it says this, "'The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear?' The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Friends, I won't pretend that life is without very serious pain. Struggle is very real. We are struggling economically. We are struggling in shattered families. We are struggling with complex health issues. We are struggling against a relentless enemy. We are struggling in a godless world with all of its lies and broken behavior. At the same time, I believe this scripture with all my heart. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. If we turn to God in all of our struggle, he will help us and he will make it count. And speaking of counting, that brings up our quote of the day, written by a famous sports writer named Grantland Rice. And it was appropriate since we watched the football movie yesterday. And he said, for when the one great scorer comes to mark against your name, he writes not that you won or lost, but how you played the game. I know struggle is not a game. I know it hurts and it leaves a mark on all of us in very different and uniquely painful ways. With this quote, I'm trying to say two things. First, sometimes all you can do is to fight the good fight. Just put one foot in front of the other and cling to Jesus' hand. His love is real, And it will get you through. And my second point is that struggle is not about winning or losing. It's how you play the game. It's about grace and faith and the power of prayer and hope and love. I said this last week and it bears repeating. I believe it with all my heart and all of my experience of life confirms it. God uses our struggle like a personal trainer uses exercises to address weaknesses. I'm not saying that he causes all of our struggle, but I am saying that he will make it count and that he will use it in a very personal, redemptive, and positive way if we bring it all to him. And so I believe that if in every personal struggle, that's you and me in all of our challenges, if we turn to God and the truth that we read in his word and the comfort of his certain love and the knowledge of his perfect righteousness, and the assurance of the justice that he provides, then we will be restored and strengthened as individuals. And when restored and strengthened individuals lean forward individually and collectively in their faith, this nation will be restored. And that is Courageous Christianity. So, Pastor Brian, uh, how would you sum up things? Is there anything that you would add as we talk about the very real subject of struggle?
1: I appreciated your emphasis at the end there on restoration, because that is, the struggle does have a good ending with God, that we uh, we can cling to His promise of restoration, just like you described.
2: Well, folks, I'm definitely not going to sing to you, since my own wife told me I was not a <laughs> oh, singer. No. <laughs> but i guess if you wrap it up if we make every single little thing if in everything we're a little more like jesus and a little less like who we were yesterday then the trajectory of our lives will glorify his name as we become more the people he wants us to be and so pastor brian thank you for being with
1: us today thank you it's great to be with you
3: pastor brian uh, you just always bring such a sweet heart. To the conversation so thank you so much for being with us I know our listeners will be so blessed
2: friends yeah, look forward to it thank you friends thanks for joining Christy and me today we hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT the word at KKHT.com or on CourageousChristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast we are honored to walk with you in Christ God bless and Semper Fi.